0: Life Audio.
1: Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Podcast. I am Ted Kluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Boys, we were talking a little long care off the air. Uh, exciting middle-aged man talk, uh, pipe, you and I mow our own lawns. Ronald doesn't, uh, well-documented here on this program. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then the, the break at the top of the show, which everybody loves, I've, I've gotten so much positive feedback on that. Uh, people love getting like 35 seconds into a show and then going right to an ad break. So we're going to do that. Uh, then we're going to get back, talk a little lawn care, a couple of other random listener submitted things. We'll be back in one second.
0: But look around you. Your family, your faith, they're not in the way. They are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story.
2: It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up. It's not an
0: option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung Hero, a for King and Country film starring Candace Cameron Veret and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact.
1: All right, we're back. Um, Ronald, you don't mow your own lawn. Um, Pipe and I do. When was the last time you've cut the grass, Ron? When was the last time you, like... Pulled a mower out of a shed or a garage and like filled it with gas and hit that little button three times and like yeah. mowed a lawn. When when was the last time that happened? So the last
3: time Melissa did that was... <laughs> uh, oh,
1: you're one of those guys, dude. <laughs> Are you really one of those guys? Because I know dudes like that.
3: Yeah, you, you you know lots of dudes like that. Yeah, I'm one of them. Yeah. Um,
1: Dudes who make their wife cut the grass. Well, I mean, it's, saying
3: I made my wife cut the. Now we're wait, now we're yeah, getting to Is, is, is this
2: super feminist or like super hierarchical? Which are we? Like, did you make? I don't know. Are you is, giving her, her the opportunity me. to do math for it? I
3: feel like it's hierarchical, if that's a word. I don't know. Um, uh, no, Big M didn't like. I I could I cannot stand mowing lawns, and Big M didn't seem to mind it. So she's like, oh, I'll just do it. I said, that's that's awesome. And then at some point, I said. You know, I feel like you're wasting time, and I don't like. I can't stand to watch you do that. So let's just get somebody <laughs> to do it, and then it'll actually be done really well
1: too. At that point, uh huh. You know. So. Okay, so yeah, still two two things: a question and a story. When was the last time you you mowed the lawn? It was like probably, how Probably
3: it's probably a few. It's been years. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. 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 Decades?
3: No, because I I didn't really. I didn't grow up in a culture where anybody mowed their own lawn. So in Southern California, everybody has lawn care. So it just, it wasn't something I did as a kid ever. Interesting. Yeah. Every lawn care is so cheap out there that like you would be ridiculous to not, not get it done.
2: Interesting. Oh, that's so not Midwestern. Like, you you know what guys, it's a true
3: status symbol. Well, I know. Let me tell you, because everybody I talked to, this is what they say. Oh, you know what, Ronnie, man? I actually, I actually, I mean, believe it or not, I mean, I actually love mowing my lawn. It gives me some downtime. I put in the AirPods. I listen to a pod. I mean, so that's what I literally <laughs> get from everybody, you know? And yeah. um, I actually don't really tell too many people that that we do the lawn care because it's so judgy out here. Yeah. Like, oh, obviously, there's Big lawn time. care businesses that are in business because people don't yeah. mow their own lawns. But, um, yeah. yeah, everybody, yeah. everybody is so, it's like a culture out here. And oh, it, yeah. and it frankly drives me a little batty to be honest with you but um you know to each his own.
1: Now what drive what about it drives you batty just because they disagree with you? Because no, they're going the other way than you are?
3: No, not necessarily that. I mean I no mm. because I don't care that they mow their own lawn. I just care that they care that I don't. So it's, yeah. it's just yeah. like you guys mow your lawn or or don't mow your lawn. like I probably I probably do something that you pay for you know, to get mm-hmm. done, like in some other, like aspect of our, of our now, lives. what would that be?
1: Doubtful, right? What, what, doubtful, well, yeah, doubtful, <laughs> I doubtful. What would it be that you would do that they would pay for?
3: I don't know, because <laughs> now I'm thinking you're probably place place. right, because I would never like change my own oil and they all no. change their own huh. oil and, you know, all that kind of um, stuff. So I, yeah, no. yeah.
2: I just like, Dude, to, I like, I like I... to
3: pay everybody to do as many things for me as possible. That's
2: you're really valuable. good for the but local economy. I think everybody, super, all, e- super every service provider should be grateful for you.
3: You know when pipe you're got become when you're an elite man of the people, to keep that elite status, boys, you, you gotta pay people to do things. You
1: know? Pipe, we gotta become sojourn pastors. You work like seven Sundays a year and, <laughs> and, and and apparently there's just a an unlimited pile of cash with which to pay people to do all kinds I of things. I mean matters. also part
3: like of it is that I don't know how to do things, boys. I'm not a DIY yeah. guy, so I there is there's some major there there's some major um like, you know, I think you know, understandable things that like go into that. Right. I, I just, I'm not, I'm not a handy guy. So it's just,
1: yeah, it's not, I'm not who I am.
2: I have, a Piper, I, sus- my... I have a sneaking suspicion that, that all of those services in Ashland, Ohio are, uh, are cheaper. Maybe not than Jackson, but then Nashville. Like I save money by mowing my own lawn. Uh, I kind of, I, I kind of bet that it's not that expensive to pay lawn care well, in middle so of like, Ohio.
3: It's okay. So here's what's weird, right? So it's more expensive here than it was in California. It's probably double the price. And, um, but it's not what I would say. Again, everybody has their own, everybody has their own like subjective opinion on what quote unquote expensive is, right? So it's just worth it to me because it's not a task I enjoy. But there's also this like this Midwest frugality that says if, and I get in arguments with people about this all the time, which is if I can do it, if I can save money, it's worth it. And then I said, yeah, but you're, you are spending time. So like that that two hour you could be doing something else with that two hours. And so it's like you either spend money or you either spend time. And most people think, well, no, 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 spending money is the only you know, the only thing I'm you know, I'm I'm trying to avoid. And it's like, well, right, but but you are spending time.
1: So Ronnie Martin, small town pastor. What going going to war with the entire Midwest. You have to have a chapter on this in the book, baby. Um That'll be that'll be insightful. Uh, so- pipe, I've let my wife mow one time and <laughs> It was after I, uh, I broke my my collarbone in a semi pro football game, and I was in a sling, and I got out there like with one arm and was pushing the mower, and she was like, "Get inside, you're ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not letting you do this." That was the one time, but I do know guys who do it. I like I'll I'll be driving around and I'll see like a friend's house and his wife will be out there like cutting the grass, and I'm like, I. I don't get this. I mean,
3: you also stuff. let your wife handle hot pots and pans. I don't. This is not that different. I mean, you
1: know. I do though. Yeah, I know. It's It's. I guess it's not all that different. I have a question um, for you, Ted. What yeah. would What would Ted Kluck Senior have thought if he
2: rolled up while KK was pushing the mower around the lawn? Like, had he seen that? Oh. And like and while you're inside, you know, luxuriating, what What would his response have been?
1: I think he would have judged me to high heaven. Um, yeah, that would have been a, that would have been a low moment between us, you know? Uh, my, yeah, he would have never let my mom mow the lawn. In fact, I don't know what they did about the lawn after my dad had open heart surgery. He probably, uh, I don't know. I guess they had to hire it out. But, oh, uh, no. What happened is
2: somebody from their church picked it up for them. A hundred percent. I'm because, sure. That's true. Because yeah, that's yeah. what like Midwestern small town churches do. Like somebody has surgery. Somebody's out there mowing the lawn without being asked, and probably at like 6 45 a.m. on a Saturday. And somebody <laughs> else is dropping on just <laughs> those, those, uh, the big like Pyrex dishes inside the wicker basket full of hot dish or casserole or whatever Dude, you, totally. you call it in your region of the Midwest. I, so parents, I mean,
3: obviously you, you have it. You've nailed it. But that's, you, that's, yeah. a, that's the other pet peeve I have too is just the glee. That dudes have about mowing their lawn and the fact that they do it at times that are completely out of control, like five in the morning. And then not only that, but it feels like, dude, you, you mowed this morning. It's three in the afternoon. Why are you mowing again? I feel like they just want to mow <laughs> as much as possible. And it literally drives me up the wall because it's loud and crazy
1: you know okay so it's it's a noise thing it's the the loudness of it that drives yeah me. and big but, M
3: doesn't mind I, but it absolutely drives me crazy I like, think
1: there's something else to it though I think it's deeper than the noise baby I mean I think there's something baked into it that like uh, you you feel like now could there be could there okay let's let's do this two minutes just as far as a hypothetical um I happen to know that there is a Midwestern guy in your life whom you really love and respect. Like, you would, you would take a bullet for this guy. <laughs> and it's your best friend, at Jared C. Wilson, okay? <laughs> now, could there be a scenario where he gets you, like, you're at his house in Kansas City and you, you're all done dreaming your big dreams and talking about ministry and publishing and um, all the projects you're going to do. And Jared's like, you know, come on out back here with me for a minute. And you're like, oh, where's where are you going with this, Jared? And uh, he's like, I want to show you something. And he walks you back out to the shed, and he gets you on his, his little Cub Cadet riding mower. And there's a there's a <laughs> he's built like a you know the baby seats Piper on the bikes that, oh, that yeah. there used to be in the 80s and 90s. He's got a little baby seat for little Ronnie Martin wow. there in the back. Wow! And he gets you on that Cub Cadet, dude, and your little pompadours waving around in the breeze. And wow! Um, the, and, and you have a really nice experience with it. Could that change your mind? I mean that that would boys that would never happen. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I don't. Why wanna, would it never happen?
3: I don't want to mow a lawn, and I don't want to be on the back of somebody. You don't want to be in Jared mowing. Wilson's
1: baby seat while he's mowing the lawn. No, because even if he dangled, like you can you can speak on the substage C at my next pastoral conference no
3: i think a, a i character. i just think it's jared has less free time than anybody i've known so i actually judge mm. him for mowing his lawn i don't get it it mm. makes no sense to me
1: you know even if he said ronnie i enjoy it it's it's relaxing to me it helps me unwind i just don't
3: believe anybody that says it. i think they're just motivated mm. by the cash
1: mm. the cash or the the ability to say i do this myself
3: yeah, pro- there's probably something of that, too. There is kind of a, like, you guys would know about this, but there is kind of a mm-hmm. weird, like, people are, like, fastidious about, like, their lawn care, just their landscaping around here. So there is yeah. kind of this, like, you know, you puff the chest out because you, you like, you do a great job. There, it's kind of, like, almost for people, like, it's their art. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah,
1: it, or it's competitive. Or it's yeah.
3: competitive, yeah. It's, like, the whole, it's it's both of those things. So I think, yeah, it gives everybody a chance to do something, make something look beautiful, which I, I'm, I'm not against that. I think that's awesome. Um, but again, I, dude, mow your lawn to your heart's content. Um, mm-hmm. but you just shouldn't look at anybody weird if they don't.
1: That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Piper, uh, you haven't had a chance to weigh in on this yet. Where are you at on it? Uh, I want to hear the, the do it yourself aspect or the, would you ever let your wife do it aspect? Uh, my wife would never
2: let me let my wife do it so (laughs) yeah i get that i i think that like she was she was quite pleased when we got married to find out that i'm one of those uh oddities who actually does enjoy mowing the lawn well i enjoy it most of the time it does get hotter than like satan's armpit here and so there are times of the year when i don't enjoy it at all but it is it is generally an enjoyable task for me because i have a pretty Mm -hmm. small lawn um Mm -hmm. so yeah and also i'm midwestern I am not fastidious about lawn care. I just, I want the house that nobody notices lawn wise. Like yeah. it is, there you go. it is kept, to, let it be neutral. Yeah. Kept to the place where nobody says, goodness, they let that go to seed or wow. Well, you did a really nice job. I just, I want it to be utterly neutral. It's kind of the same way I, I wear clothes. If nobody ever commented on what I wore, I'd be happy. I also would be happy if nobody ever <laughs> commented on my lawn. Both of that's which, interesting, which is, I think those are. I have a different approach to both of those things than Ronnie. I, mm-hmm. I think.
1: Yeah, that's fascinating. Pipe, Um shoot, I feel like I had a follow up, and uh I don't know, I lost it. Um, what, what about your uh, your your small town pastor partner there, Big R? Is he cut his own grass? This could be a chapter. You know, this could be like a, a, some nice interplay in the book dude.
3: i don't know he lives in a really weird area it's like a beachy area they they might be all super long cared out there man i i really don't know never, we never talked about it.
1: so neither of you are actually small town pastors he's a beach pastor
3: he's a beach pa- well i mean i i do actually live in a small town but I uh, yeah. you do i mean you, you, do. you don't have to consider me a small town pastor that's that's your prerogative. but um
1: yeah um boys let's take a break uh shoot i feel like man i feel like i had a money one more long care thing that was going to be really good and really funny. But uh, it's bad radio to sit and kind of dither about it until it comes back. So let's take a break, and we'll get back and get to a listener-submitted question.
0: What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410.
2: Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states.
1: All right, boys, we're back. Enough lawn care talk uh, to last us a lifetime. (laughs) Um, We are middle-aged men.
2: (laughs) That's enough lawn care talk to last us until this afternoon when Ronnie's neighbor is mowing again.
3: One hundred yeah, exactly. man, he'll be out there. Don't don't worry, he will be he'll out.
1: out. theres he a listener? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, he, he he would have been if it was Trogs. Still,
3: remember when Trogs was your neighbor, dude? It was. It feels like so long ago, and it was only uh, just like a year ago.
1: Where was so. Trogs at on long Care? Was he a do it yourself guy or a hired out guy? Oh, dude, he would be a total. I mean, he's a classic Midwesterner. He'd be a total DIY. Dude, I remember my question. Like, in this this harkens back to. Something that happened at my house earlier this summer. So we had a we had a kitchen renovation done, and I didn't do any of that myself. What? How could I, you? How I,
3: could um, you shop that out? T? I don't understand.
1: Well, well exactly, because I can't do any of it. Right? Like, I, I literally, um, I have none of those skills. I can't
3: imagine anymore. having somebody else do my kitchen reno. That is so weird, man. It just baffles well, me when people have other people do their kitchen reno.
1: <laughs> I see what you're doing here. Yeah, I do. I see what you're doing, and I appreciate it. But um, here's my question, though. And this was like a thing that I that I noticed happening inside me as this was happening in my house. I would sit there each day, like, tapping away at my keyboard while noticing, like, actual real men doing real work in my house. And I felt like I could feel my testosterone plummeting, like, in, in the moment. And my question to you is, since this is an experience you have every week, like... Does it bother you at all? Because it bothered me a little bit. And not that, like, I'm going to be good at everything, like, oh, I should know how to renovate a kitchen or whatever. But, like, there was something about, like, real men in my house doing real work while I did. uh, I wrote my my stupid little graphic novels or whatever story I was working on. It it felt really uh, kind of strange um did that feel strange to you at all or does it
3: no i I get i see i honestly to be serious here for (laughs) 1.6 seconds um i i get what you're saying and it. i literally just don't care man i want to be in the kitchen writing my graphic novel while they're working on it and i just get i'm so happy when somebody is doing something that i either can't do or don't want to do like it fills me with joy so it it, it would just be the opposite because i just don't I i just don't care
1: I need to try this pipe. I think this is the experiment. Like, I need to hire out my lawn care for a summer and see see if I get filled with the same joy. And and maybe I would. And maybe it would be like a value added in my life. You you one hundred percent will not. You will have like an existential moral
2: level crisis where you need to like recommit your life to <laughs> jesus and the midwest come august and my mower yeah yeah you'll have to
1: go yeah dear john deere i'm
2: recommitting my life to you yeah you're gonna have um, to go get counseling for you and your your john deere mower to to reconcile it's not it <laughs> just think work.
3: of all the time you'll gain to, you can watch another you you can watch you know swingers again you can i mean there's so many things you if you add up the time so many things you can be doing. So many activities. Exactly. Yeah,
1: so many activities. I'm going to give it some thought. I am. Uh, All right, we've got a hard-hitting question and I get a kick out of the idea of this question and I think you guys will understand what I mean. I have this sense that like literally all of our listeners are like 27-year-old pastoral interns or like (laughs) 33-year-old pastors and this question speaks to That may be being true. What's the hardest part of sermon prep? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This question only comes up
3: 19 times a day in my life. (laughs) Yeah, this
1: question only comes up like 93 times a year on this podcast. (laughs) Oh,
3: my gosh. Um, I think for
2: Ronnie, it's finding the right table to be at with the right lighting to lay out notebooks and commentaries that he's ignoring and take the perfect photo. That's the hardest part. And then once once he's there, it all comes together.
3: Yeah, I probably spend more time taking the photo than I do on the actual.
1: <laughs> That's right. Prep. Your your answer to this would be lighting. You know, <laughs> respectfully, it's it's lighting the sermon prep photo is the hardest. I'm gonna, part, get, in so even, to I'm gonna get in so much. I almost can't even. I'm gonna get in so much
3: trouble. I can't even answer this question. I'm gonna get in so much trouble. Like
1: now, for you, is it like hire, hiring out the right guy to do your sermon <laughs> prep? Do you hire that out too? Hey, thing? you
3: know what? If I could do that and not lose my job, you better believe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dude, uh, okay, Piper, here's the visual. Like in the in the same vein of long care, like it's one of those like clattering trailers that like rumble down the street but instead of like <laughs> weed whips and mowers on it it's like commentaries lashed down with those straps you know and it and it, 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 it pulls up to Ron's study
2: like weed wearing <laughs> seminarians come tumbling
3: out of the yeah. back of just, just ringing cam. the doorbell hey so you need sermon prep today
1: 26 year old <laughs> guys ringing the doorbell hey somebody here called for sermon prep <laughs> did, uh, like did, we'll fill your did you pay the extra we'll monthly fee for the Greek exegesis
2: books? or are we just working in English here like what are we doing what are we doing with this area did you guys
1: pay extra for the photo like we'll set up the the, the background for the photo too
3: dude that's um, a racket it, right there man that's a racket full
1: service sermon prep that is a racket. actually it is so, a
3: racket like, because you can like go to these websites and download you know other people's sermons
1: that's so. true this is already happening um all right so we we should give this like i guess a serious two minutes hardest part of sermon prep um piper what do you got
2: uh, that's it. It really, I mean, this, everybody hates the, it depends answer, but it depends on yeah. like what the text is. I find the hardest part to be, um, landing the sermon just, okay. Every yeah. everything before that. I mean, there's, there's ebbs and flows, you know, there's commentaries and there's like, what's the main point? You kind of work through all that stuff. It is always hard to get to the point where you're like, I'm confident that I'm going to I'm going to land this in a way that is satisfying to everyone. It always feels a little mm-hmm. bit like, you know, you run the best race and then just kind of trip across the finish line. And, and, you know, you're like, well, that was disappointing. That it, it, it always, it kind of feels that way. It, it, it doesn't land well. And yeah. And it always feels like if I had prepared better, I could have landed it better, but I have yet to feel good about it. I think at any point. So I think yeah. that's the hardest part is, which is not, it's not that different. And maybe that's because of a, a writer mindset. It's not that different than writing chapters or writing books. Like finishing a book is always the hard part. Like, how do you tie this thing off without being redundant or just being like, well, that's all folks kind of pulling the porky pig. And, uh, I don't, I don't have a, I don't, I've never felt great about those things. Yeah. Interesting. Big R. Besides the picture. Oh, quick. Uh, that, that was the most Midwestern interesting. Ted, Ted does not care about this topic. Mm,
1: interesting. Next.
2: That's how I feel <laughs> yeah, about my that, Dude, that's conclusion. so true.
1: Dude, is that a Midwest thing? Saying interesting when you're not interested? Yes. It is, I feel it like is that's the that's universal. So I don't...
3: Yeah. Well, yeah.
2: I
1: mean, I, I grew universe. up around it, so I assumed it was Midwest.
2: It is the signal that you would like out of this conversation. <laughs> like, when you're at church talking to somebody... And and they're just (laughs) rambling on and on, you're like, hmm, interesting. What you're trying to tell me. Interesting. Wrap this thing up. Let's be done. Please
3: stop talking.
1: Yeah. Folks, welcome to the Art of Pastoring podcast. Is this is this what you and Jared talk about? Um, like every episode, stuff like this? Yeah,
3: I think so. I mean, you know, when we used to do the podcast, yeah. (laughs) Is that thing coming back, dude? Oh, it's coming back. You better believe it. Oh, it's coming back with it. Believe you me, it's coming back. Roaring back. Roaring back Um, like a lion, man, like Aslan
1: yeah when uh yeah like it's dangerous but it's good right right, right, that should be the tag move oh Oh, yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) i love it dude when is when is it coming back
3: i mean that's the question i don't
1: know (laughs) Mm, yeah it's a mystery we're building we're building a mystery
3: mystery, right yeah i love it yeah i love it Uh,
1: do you want to talk about server prep no dude
3: i don't know man um so uh (laughs) i so i the intro is fun piece of Mm -hmm. cake uh, ending never an issue for me. It's that middle part where all the important content is that's really difficult <laughs> right. for me. So in other words, like I I do sermons where it's like I get these intros in five minutes, I get an outline in five minutes, I get the whole last page of application. It just comes to me like magic every time. I don't even, mm-hmm. I barely have to think about it. And then um, that middle part where you actually got to like open a commentary and go, this is what the passage is actually saying. That's that's the part that's super hard because it gets into <laughs> technicalities that i don't enjoy um yeah because i don't it's a little it becomes academic at, the, at that point in the process and yeah I, I just don't enjoy that it's necessary but i don't enjoy it
1: now i got an idea what if you hire out just the middle part <laughs> for the actual pulpit time so you're up there you're pulpiteering man you're putting in a, like an amazing five to seven minutes of intro people are laughing people are crying and then you're like um Okay, I'm gonna hand it over to Jim here, and like this, like seminarian, like ensconced in tweed, comes like trundling up, and he actually exposits the passage, and then he you you come back in to land the plane. Um, I think this would be It's next a fantastic
3: level. idea. It's spectacular. It's a
1: fantastic. But you know what's
3: funny? Idea. It's like so you're kind of, like T. You're kind of describing, in my opinion, <laughs> like what these big church dudes when they have like their research assistants. That's kind of what's yeah. happening. Is they're getting yeah. they're getting those dudes to like open the commentaries and like you know give them all the stuff so that everything they're saying is true. But I mean yeah. I don't I mean I guess they're not really doing that part. They're just taking all that information and
1: you know. Kind wait, of- wait. So and, uh, yeah, you'll have to help me understand like the 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 business of megachurches because I don't exactly know how this works. But and Piper, you could speak to this too. Like so, at a megachurch, you've got the like. Cheek bony, handsome guy who's doing CrossFit eighty four hours a week is the main guy, but he has on his staff a research assistant who's actually writing like the meat of the sermons, well, so that the handsome guy can no, go. No, there and, are like, there are companies that do this. Like you can you 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 have like a
2: contract with them, and you can send mm-hmm. them you kind of the parameters. Like I'm doing a sermon series on a book of the Bible, and they will they'll like aggregate. The commentary stuff, so you don't have to go do all the reading. They can just make like, this commentary says this. This emphasizes this. They'll basically it's sort of like an executive summary, which is a phrase in and of itself that should make us all vomit a little bit. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it, they'll sort of do that for you, so you can just get the the Cliff's Notes version of all of the research, or they can legitimately outline it for you. Like you can, there is like the, this is insane. You can to pay me. to. This sounds
1: like oh, it's it's it is. Uh, it sounds borderline like satanic well, so these guys are like playing a pastor on tv essentially it's not like,
3: everybody though that i mean i think i've heard of some guys that have like interns that they'll have do some of the work like pipes describing yeah. but i don't i mean you know just because you're a, just because you have a big church well, doesn't mean you're doing that right it's like yeah, yeah it's yeah. like people that you know i don't know it's like people that like to mow their own lawns they like to do their own sermon prep so i you know i don't I,
1: so call me crazy i feel like a pastor should do his own sermon. Well, 100 absolutely yeah yeah, I feel like I feel like it's kind of a non.
3: Well, because there's like this thing now. So, so you know, it doesn't happen all the time, but like some of these, will you'll find out some of these more high profile or like big church dudes that have a little bit of a platform. Like sometimes it gets exposed that they've just been aping sermons, you know, off of uh-huh. websites, and they and I mean they can go a long time before someone actually catches that dude that they're literally just word for word like you know plagiarizing somebody else's sermon. And um, mm. so it's probably a little more subtle if you're getting somebody to do some of the technical work for you, because, you know, mm. technically speaking, like if they just give you a cliff notes a version of a commentary, you still have to write your sermon that you, you just didn't yeah. spend the time, but you, but you should spend the time is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You should. Yeah. I would I agree you with spend that. The
1: time. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think so. For sure. Well, and we're all on like anything else on. Sermon I think
2: the, prep. yeah, I, well, yeah. absolutely. Pastors should do their own sermon prep. I think doing there's a middle ground here that is that's not cheating it is doing your own sermon prep but it's also it it eases a burden and it's like Mm -hmm. the way ronnie described his sermon like the part he hates most versus the part i hate most if we sermon prepped together uh or kind of came at it and we're like hey this is what i've got this is what you've got we could help one another out with those those respective portions that's a different Mm -hmm. thing so like people who do team sermon prep they they yeah. can benefit from each other, ease kind of ease the, the, the burden because some people are better at like the, yeah. the nerdy stuff. Some people are better at the intro out, you know, landing application stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a different thing. But yeah, I mean, one of the things that got Driscoll in trouble was basically hiring out his sermon prep in full. Like they would they would just he would he would put his personality on somebody else's mm-hmm. research work. Um, mm. yeah, there was a, there was an issue at the last, uh, one of the last SBC presidential elections. Cause one of the guys who was up for it had been found to use, He had used JD Greer's sermons and he had done it like with permission, but not, he mm-hmm. hadn't explicitly ba- said like JD Greer preached this sermon. I'm going to kind of do the same thing here. And yeah, it mm-hmm. gets really, it gets really muddy, but it's also super easy to avoid. If like, if you're just not lazy and you give credit to other people. You know, if you just yeah. say, "Hey, so and so had a great sermon on this," and I'm going to pull portions of it because I found it so helpful, ta da! You're not plagiarizing. Yeah. Uh, you also <clears throat> had an easier Sunday sermon prep.
3: Yeah, and dude, the, um, that team concept—you know, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of churches have really like discovered that. I've spent some time doing it. It's super helpful because what you're doing is you're able to collaborate. So somebody comes up with a really great line or really great kind of concept about something. And you can take that, and it's not like you're stealing it because you're just sharing information. You're not. You don't need to quote the person because you're just doing it together. You're talking through it together, and um, it definitely can. It can kind of widen out your perspective and, and give you just a more fuller sermon, and also make it a little easier because, like Pipe just said, you know, you're just helping each other in your weaknesses. So that that's probably that's probably something that more guys should do if they can do it. A lot of guys don't have that, you know, the the availability, but.
1: dude there we go we took a we took what felt like a tired topic and um and we and we unearthed some new insights Mm. about it Mm. um in ways that really were interesting and that's just not me being midwestern saying interesting (laughs) this time i want to i want to nuance that a little bit put a fine point on it uh boys let's take a break we'll come back we'll hit one last quick topic
0: what impacts you every day
1: Um, this last one, Piper came to me ostensibly for the happy rant sports podcast, uh, from a friend of mine in Canada, a longtime listener, Chris, Chris Harwood, uh, great dude, uh, CFL fan. We've been chatting about the CFL for years, but, uh, he had a question that I initially thought, huh, as a, an emissary of a SBC university, I probably can't talk about that. Um, but it's intriguing and maybe I'll just let you guys talk about it and I'll stay conspicuously silent. The question is this, is sports gambling like on the websites that sometimes get promoted on, on this podcast in the ad breaks, is sports gambling any different than like playing the stock market? So is getting an account on... I don't know. Bet MGM Grand any different than like opening up a Robinhood account and throwing a couple hundred bucks into it and reading one and a half articles and like buying stocks. Um, I thought it was an intriguing question, Pipe. What do you think? <clears throat> um, it. I think I think
2: they are fundamentally different, not necessarily morally, but in terms of just. Mm-hmm. From the standard, or for, yeah, from the standpoint of risk, uh, because yeah. if like, the stock market, you can look at hundreds of years of trends and say, right. by and large, if you make these kinds of investments, you can expect over a period of time these kinds of returns. And so there's mm-hmm. a there's risk in it, but that a ris- risk risk and gambling are slightly different things. Sports betting is chaos. You know, yeah, you the the, le- the it is a very small percentage of people who are successful at it and, reg- and regularly profitable because yeah. the outcomes are are all over the map. And even the lines that you're betting against are primarily set to encourage betting, not because that mm-hmm. is the most accurate depiction of an outcome. They want people to place yeah. the bet so that the house comes out ahead. So it's, it's yeah. a rigged game if you're betting sports lines and things like that in some ways. So... Again, I'm not saying morally one should never bet sports, but from a like a wise use of money, one of these is, is in a different category than the other.
3: Well said, baby. Yeah, man, I don't. I don't that was really good. I I, I like that. I, I think yeah. uh, you know. I, the only thing I've ever had conversations with people about in terms of like any kind of betting, sports betting, or you know, you're in Vegas is. Mm-hmm. you know i mean you got to talk about a motivation you know um you know what what's my what's my end game here you know why am i doing what i'm doing i mean we need to ask that question with you know anything we do including like lawn mm-hmm. care um and uh mm. and then i think the other Wait, thing back to the lawn back care. to the lawn care and then yeah. uh i don't know you know i for some people you know for it's you know it gets into other things that kind of we can apply the same concept to which is you know, are you able to do this in a way that is, it, what is Is it just entertainment? You know, um, are you going to, you know, do you spend, do you spend $50 on something that's fun? Is this just something that you spend $50 on that's fun um, for you? Um, it's, it's not something that you're looking to, to gain without, you know, earning or, you know, like, you know, all of those kinds of things. Yeah. I, I, it brings up so many different questions. I think it's a matter of personal conscience. And if your conscience pushes against it, then you probably shouldn't do it. Um, and I think that's when it becomes a moral issue for you, if, you, if, it, if, you're, you know, if it's something that you just don't feel good about before the Lord. And so I think you just got to ask those questions.
1: Yeah. Well said, boys. Um, yeah, I agree with both of you. Um, All right, let me, let me ask you, quick.
2: this is a, the, kind of an extension to Ronnie's answer. <clears throat> mm-hmm. When is sports gambling or any kind of gambling wrong versus when is it fine? because I, I think both are hmm. both are true you know on the one end you have the I'm addicted to gambling I've gone into debt I've blown my life savings I put my family at risk like those are the extreme cases you're like that's that's clearly a problem um yeah. and then on the other end like what is the other end when it's like yeah absolutely that's fine this is it's it's not it's not even really gambling it's more spending enjoyment like what you said Ronnie so we're kind of what's the how do you how do you gauge when is it when is it trending in the good direction or the bad direction?
1: Yeah. Great question. It, to your earlier point pipe, like Yeah, it's it's so volatile in terms of you know, you look at a sport like baseball or whatever and everybody says don't bet baseball. It's a fool's errand and it probably is, but like it's so hard to predict even with all the data that baseball generates you know if the you know the Yankees are going to lose to the Mariners on a given night like it's it's almost impossible to predict it um so it seems foolish it seems like gradations more foolish so that's one thing and i think as far as your point baby which was good too like to the human heart aspect of it like i get mad if i lose at anything and i just don't want to feel mad so I don't want to put myself in a position to lose, you know, so it's a pretty easy thing to like walk away from in terms of, I don't want to ruin a night. You know what I mean? And, and, and I don't know if that's a moral thing or just a self scout thyself, you know, know your own kind of psyche sort of thing. But um
3: yeah, I think that's yeah, good. That's good. I think that's good uh discernment. And I think that's, I think yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're all talking about here is how do you, how do you discern, you know, I mean, there's different kinds of gambling to where people are looking, you know, you got to ask if something is, has, you know, is, is a master over you or, be, or you're becoming enslaved to it, you know? And I think, yeah, you know, so I think, you know, four people coming together on a Friday night saying, Hey, we're each going to put 50 bucks in the pot. We're going to play a poker game. Um, right. we, we, enjoy it. We have a great time. We have great conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we could de- do that or we could all go like, go to a, a baseball game and spend you know twice as much money like just and again entertainment yeah. spending time together enjoying sure. ourselves sure i mean i don't i don't you know i think when we're talking about it on that particular level i i re, you know I, I really don't see a I, I really kind of put it under like an entertainment category and something that is not yeah. controlling your life um, but when it yeah. starts to control your life or when it starts to like what you said um have this ability to sort of like you know you know kind of shift around your emotions and, and mm. cause you know unfruitful things to surface using good yeah. discernment would say you know it's just not for me i just should probably stay away from it you know and that's that's good
1: yeah yeah well said pipe any final thoughts on uh sports gambling versus the stock market? Uh, never bet the twins in the playoffs uh betting baseball in general is foolish. <laughs> there we go uh,
2: don't trust yeah. vegas odds they're just trying to move the line in their favor
1: Piper, we should have one of those, uh... Remember in, like, sports magazines when we were kids, there, there would always be the, like, black-and-white ad of, like, Jim Feist, 1-900, you know, get my predictions for this week's game. <laughs> Jimmy games. And it was always this, Yeah, this guy in, like, a bad suit with, like, slick-backed hair and, like, I've got the winners! You know, we could, uh, we could have one of those ads and, <laughs> um... You know, get a little Happy rant Sports side hustle. Side hustle of the side hustle. Um... I like it. Boys, we've done what we always do on the program in that we've wandered to and fro throughout some, uh, some pretty interesting topics that we thought might be boring initially, but they actually turned out to be interesting. And until next time.
2: We want to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for partnering with us on this podcast. Be sure to go to LifeAudio.com and take a look at the other podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more.
3: This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministries podcast.
1: Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at LifeAudio.com.